Hello and welcome to Around the Corner. I'm Matt Schlichting, joined as always by Brian Hemminger. Brian, I am sorry. Often at the top of this podcast, we're ready to go. And then I just, I realize I have completely forgotten, say, to turn off the stove. Oh. Which may be what happened in this instance while I was cooking. You didn't burn anything, did you? No, I left something on low to keep it warm, assuming that, of course, I'll have seconds. And then I remembered I just left it there for half an hour. The good news is we are here and ready to talk about the sport of baseball. But as always, we're going to go ahead and start off with a recap of the top 10 guys in the system as voted for by the Covering the Corner community. Leading off is Nolan Jones. Yeah, he uh, he had another rough week. So AAA, his first time uh, there, it's not going well right now. After... Once he won at uh, plate appearances, he is one for 16 this past week with two runs and four walks and a hit by pitch. So a very strange slash of 0. 0.063, 286.063. .06 and he is still striking out 38% of the time, which I think is actually a decrease. It's not the greatest thing you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. But surely there are things that have been worse. Uh, I will note that his batting average on balls in play is 211 right now. Yeah. I mean, it could be worse. He could be hurt. <laughs> which we'll get to. Yes. <laughs> the fact that he is playing baseball at all is perhaps a blessing. Uh, we will look forward to his continued improvement, I'll say, because I, I he's going to start hitting. Uh, next up, we have uh, another exciting prospect, Tyler Freeman. Now, Tyler Freeman, on the other hand, sensational. Uh, he had a very good week, including a five-hit game, the first one of his career, and hopefully the first of many. That um, would be fun. <laughs> but yeah, overall on the week, um, I mean, he was good enough that he made our top five performers of the week as well. So we're spoiling alert here. A little bit, but uh, Freeman went 10 for 23, slashed 435, 458, 522, with two doubles, a walk, five runs batted in, and put up a 175 WRC+. Plus. So, a very good week for Tyler Freeman. He has started the season with a 10-game on-base streak. And wow. I think he's on like a 7 or 8-game hitting streak as well. Mm-hmm. Because... Usually when he gets on base, it's because he got a hit. Like, the walks are not one of his biggest strengths. But as we've talked about before, if you get your on base, and he's literally sitting at 400 right now, who cares? Do whatever you want. <laughs> so keep doing your thing, Tyler. I'm loving everything about him, and I can't wait to see him in Cleveland. Hopefully as our starting second baseman next year. Who do we have up next? Uh, next up, we got, you know... Bo knows Bo Naylor also at Double A Akron alongside Tyler Freeman. He is the top catching prospect in the system for Cleveland, and in the last week he had. I, I guess it's always important to keep in mind that he's a catcher when you're looking at some of these numbers. So he went two fourteen, three thirteen, two eighty six. 
31.3 K percent. He's also extraordinarily young for the level he's at. So, yep. I believe he is one of the youngest players in all of double a this year. Yeah. And that's, those are his numbers from the last week. And that was two games where he went over and then a, a couple of games where he just was constantly on base. Couple walks, double. You know, I'll take it. Not nothing great, but didn't embarrass himself either. And considering, <laughs> and considering that he has jumped up to double A at such a young age, you know, anything even average, I'm happy with because you got to take that with context of how young he is for his level. So, yeah, keep it up, Bo. Uh, next up, George Valera. Um, you know, as we mentioned, um, you know, at least Nolan Jones isn't injured. Uh, that is not the case with George Valera, unfortunately. He did not get much game action uh, during this past week because he left a game early and has not played since. So let me double check and see if he even really got any game time. So he left a game early. I, was there an indication of what? the injury is or is he just a, a, a prospect who is again mysteriously not playing baseball for reasons it yeah it was a uh, last wednesday so may 12th he went had two plate appearances and had a sacrifice fly with an rbi uh, and i believe he left the game and the injury was related to him feeling something throwing the ball <sighs> yeah so he had a, a a lacerated lat. I don't think a lacerated lat. Um, lacerated lat, just a constrictor on the lat that comes up next to the the scalpel blade. Yeah, I believe this is the correct terminology. I, I haven't heard like specifics on you know what exactly it was. All I heard was he felt something on a throw and it hasn't played in five games. On the bright side, you know there was a guy in that same game that uh, either that game or uh, either the one right before or after who left and did not play since, and he was placed on the injured list. So Valera was not. So he just has not been playing for this past week. And hopefully, you know, he's able to play and they can uh, pencil him in here soon. They still have not placed him on the injured list. So I'm hoping that that's a good sign. I mean, you would think... I mean, it's they only it's only a seven day injured list, I believe, in the minor leagues. So it's been a it's been about seven days. So you know, if they thought that he was going to be more than seven, they probably would have put him on the injured list. But maybe it was worse than they thought it was. I'm not sure. But that's all we know. So one RBI and a sack fly for George Valera. Oh, uh, no, never mind. I. I was looking at his season stats and saw the three stolen bases. And I was like, how did he steal three stolen bases and not get on base? <laughs> so, okay, never mind. Uh, next up, we have Gabriel Arias, who is up in AAA Columbus. He, the game that I got to see up at AAA this past week, Friday, which according, or excuse me, no, Saturday, which according to a calendar was the 15th, uh, he looked good. He, in my mind, appears to be fully aware and in possession of himself at the plate. In the game that I saw, he got a single, a walk, and a run. 
he looked pretty fluid at shortstop as well. Like I, I see no reason he could not be playing shortstop this season. Uh, and his line overall for the past week is pretty fan freaking tastic. Four fifty five sixty six fifty as at shortstop. Excuse me. And he he's doing this while Owen Miller's just over there leading all of AAA in spectacularness among other things it's exciting is i believe what i mean to say yeah that is exciting i mean what's interesting is you know they just sent jimenez down um so they're gonna have to call up an infielder and you would think it's owen miller but owen miller's not on the 40-man roster arias is would that be crazy i don't think it would be crazy to see arias get called up because he is on the 40-man roster so just a little speculation i mean i just saw a couple things about that like because they would have to make some corresponding move i mean the most obvious move is like you know put perez on the 60 day if they really do think he's going to be out two months i didn't realize he hadn't been moved to the 60 day yet that's surprising he's he's still on the regular one i guess they're kind of leaving the window open for him to be back sooner than that but why i that's a free roster spot i Make hay while the sun shines. <laughs> it is a free roster spot, but then you are forced to keep him off the roster for 60 days. Frankly, his bat was not doing much, and perhaps that was well, because his hand was broken, so yeah, let it heal. In, in, in his defense, he started off good and then broke his hand. <laughs> I know. Uh, there is no one to blame, but no one. So <laughs> I, I hope for good outcomes. I And... It would just be neat to use the roster spot to get one of these guys a cup of coffee, at least. Mm -hmm. We'll see what they do with it. Um, But, I mean, my guess is Owen Miller, but Arias absolutely could get called up as well. And and he is having a a pretty decent start to the season. I mean, what has been impressing me the most is uh, the patience. He he sees that presence at the plate is super important. And if you are up there pretty much walking more than you're striking out, that is making the game a lot better for everybody else. Yeah, he is waiting for pitches that he likes, and then he is roping them. And so I see his hit tool here as 30 out of 35 right now on fan graphs, and I'm not so sure that's correct, but we'll see. Who do we have up next? Next er- up is our first pitcher on the list, Daniel Espino. And if you remember last week, he had the one start and he struggled. So, you know, people were kind of wondering, you know, how is he going to look as this season wears on? Well, we got a good taste of that this past week. Pretty much exactly one week ago, as we were kind of recording the last podcast, he had a sensational start. He came in and in five innings, he allowed one run on six hits with five strikeouts and two walks. So excellent return to form especially considering, you know, he just turned 20 this year. And then he actually pitched today. So it's not going to be upgraded, updated on uh, fan graphs. But if you look up the box score of Lynchburg's current game, yeah, he was terrific. Uh, he went four and two thirds innings, uh, two hits, one run, no earned runs, two walks and seven strikeouts. Yes, that's the guy we've seen. Yes. So exciting very exciting uh i am a big big daniel espino stan 
and I think uh, <laughs> I think that he is super legit, and as long as he stays healthy, I think he is going to be one of our elite pitching prospects. Oh, he is in the top 100. Like MLB Pipeline's top 100 or Fangraphs? Fangraphs. Okay. He's 92 overall. Okay, I didn't think he was in Pipeline, because we just had uh, a couple people get in. Like, Naylor just entered it. Um, Freeman's in it now. I think Valera's in it, but he's probably not going to stay in it if he's not staying healthy. But Well, Espino's not consensus top 100 yet, but I, I think in two months that will be... Whenever the next set of updates come around, if he if he's still going to pitch this well, then they'll have to move him up. Exactly. So next up uh, on the top 10 list for performers, we have Brian Rocchio. And he was, I would say, very good this past week. Uh, basically, in five games, he slashed, let me uh, get these advanced numbers up. 286 with a 375 on base and a 524 slugging. So very nice WRC plus of 154. And he hit a, a home run, a triple. He stole a base. And on top of all that, it's not even counting today where he hit the go-ahead home run in the ninth inning to help Lake County win. So he hit another home run that is we're not even listing here. We'll be listing it next week. Oh, I can't wait. Now, I'm so excited about this kid. I think what makes me excited is to see to see some of these guys live up to their potential. You know, Freeman, I think it's you expect it because that hit tool is so good. Like it's it's tough for him to slump. Um with Rokio, it's a little bit more hit and miss at times, but when he's on, he is on and it's really interesting to see some of this uh, power develop. Yeah. What I love about his past week is not only is there some of that power, but when you look at a week at a time, I think we kind of get used to, you know, 450, 560, 8 million, whatever for the slash line, or they just have a horrible week. But then you get a week like this that just looks beautifully normal at 286, 375, 524, and it's just quietly excellent. It's yeah, like I will it's like he's Tim Duncan at shortstop, <laughs> and he's just out there, twenty and fifteen, just high percentage bank shots, and that's it. It's beautiful baseball. Well, he is called the professor, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm starting to understand. And uh, you know, Tim Duncan was the the big fundamental, so maybe that's uh, going to be uh, Rokio's new nickname. I the mythology grows. <laughs> well, next up we have another. Uh, international prospect uh, infielder in Aaron Bracco, and he also had a interesting week. So let's look it up. Um, rock solid. He in four games slashed three thirty three with a three eighty nine on base and a six sixty seven slugging. He had a home run, two doubles, two walks. So excellent job for Bracco. Um, it's it's nice that when Maybe, you know, Valera's not out there performing, but the other two guys on that team that we're all excited about on that infield are. So they're, they're, they're kind of making up for the loss of getting to see uh, Valera perform at full season. Right. May I offer one criticism of Bracco? All right. Barry Bonds was a better hitter. <laughs> so... How dare he be worse than Barry Bonds? 667 slugging? <laughs> <laughs> 
he looks great. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see all these guys on that same team. Like just they're so good, and we just know that the, they're capable of. So to see them doing this at high A is exciting. Next up, uh, I'm trying to see some information on Ethan Hankins. I know that we saw that he was scheduled to have Tommy John surgery. Uh, I have not seen if he actually had it yet. Like, I'm looking it up. I don't see anything. We'll just have to come back to you on that one. I, th- I threw a pretty nasty fork ball once. Like, if, if they're looking for a ligament, just saying. I don't need my arm for much anymore. Just gardening. Are you kidding me? kidding i'm i'm sure they're not gonna have any trouble and it's kind of gross now that i realize what i've said so may we move along to josh wolf perhaps uh wolf he struggled um his first start was sensational if you remember um but this past week he went three innings and gave up five hits uh four runs two walks with uh two strikeouts and a balk (laughs) so yeah it was not his strongest effort but his FIP was only 470. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> so, could have been worse, but yeah, wasn't great. But what are you going to say? What do you? What can you expect? I mean, he is uh, a second round pick from 2019. This is his debut in full season ball. He's still very young. Yeah. So, he's going a... to have his occasional lumps. I have a lot of patience for prospects in general this season, but especially those who just changed teams amidst exactly. everything else happening. Uh, next up, we've got our top five performers of the week. So we've already given away that Tyler Freeman is one. So let's uh, move on to our first repeat performer. Who could it be? I yeah. wonder. <laughs> Oh my. <laughs> is there someone that was batting 500 and still is batting 500? Well, I, according to the numbers I'm seeing here, he's not quite hitting 500 anymore, but his on-base percentage is. It, it is Owen Miller, of course. He's just going to live here until he gets called up, I think. And it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, in uh, six games, he went 11 for 24 Slashed 458, 500, 667 with two doubles, a home run, two walks, six runs scored, WRC plus of 212. The guy just rakes. That's just all he does. He's he's like, my name's Owen Miller. I rake baseballs. Yes. When he, I was there on Saturday, his outs were very loud as well. That's, that's what was funny was... In spring training, he he didn't get a hit for the first few games, but every time he came up to bat, Tom Hamilton was like, "This guy has loud outs." Yeah, like, I, he I, has roped it every time. It's just been right to people. Seeing it in person, I, this guy I think is a different caliber of hitter than we have seen in this system before. Honestly, like, I which is which is crazy because he was not even close to the centerpiece of that Clevenger trade. Um, you know, we got Josh Naylor, who has, you know, be- become, you know, a regular on the roster and is starting to really settle in as an above average player, I would think. And then Arias was actually the centerpiece prospect. And he's still great. I love Arias. But my God, Owen Miller. <laughs> I-, I feel like he hit the Indian system and has just undergone rapid intensification. 
I know his peripherals are off the charts in terms of Babbitt, but as we've alluded to before, like you can't possibly have a Babbitt of 600 or higher unless you're just murdering the ball every time you hit it. And he absolutely is. Those balls are extra base hits unless they're right at guys. It was so much fun to see. Yeah, because it's just, I think the funniest thing I saw was somebody uh, was talking to Chris Antonetti, like a reporter, and Antonetti goes, is Owen Miller okay? And the guy's like, what happened? And he's like, I I saw he only had two hits tonight. (laughs) (laughs) He's cooling off. What is this? He's he's had like four or five three-hit games already. Like, the guy is just a hit machine. And I can't wait to see him in Cleveland. So I please, I, I'm I'm assuming that he's getting called up and he, he will be in Cleveland on Friday. That's my guess because they're on the West Coast trip. I mean, it would be kind of silly to, to call him up and ship him out to L.A. for like one game. But my expectation that he will be in on the Cleveland roster for Friday's game. I cannot wait. Uh, moving along, we have Tyler Freeman, of course. We already discussed him, so we will simply note that he is one of our top five and then move along to Xavion Curry. Yeah, because uh, last week he, uh, in two games started, he went nine shutout innings uh, with 12 strikeouts. And it's insane, but in his start this week, he was better than that. He started it with six no-hit shutout innings, and then he gave up uh, a double, I think, to lead off the seventh inning. They let him face the next guy and he struck him out and then they pulled him. So he finished the game with six and a third innings, one hit, no runs. They ended up, uh, what was wild was that game. The the bullpen came in and didn't give up a hit the rest of the way either. So that they pitched a one hitter uh, combined. Um, so, but he went six and a third, one hit, no runs, no walks, 11 strikeouts. And he was not perfect because I think there was an error. So a guy got on base because of an error. He was sensational. And he has been the best pitcher in the system to start the season. It was it was between him and Logan T. Allen. And Logan T. Allen gave up a run today. So he lost. Lost uh, elite beast mode starting pitching status. But he is still Logan number one. Yes, he is still the one true Logan Allen. Uh, in regards to Xavier Curry, I really like that he gave up the double and the coaches, I'm assuming, said, hey, we'll let him face the next batter and whatever happens, happens. But it, as he progresses, he's going to have to learn to face down those situations and a strikeout. Yes. He also was dominating to the point that he uh, I think his pitch count was not even to 70 yet. True. So yeah, it might they, be. they let his pitch count get over 70 and then they pulled. It might be that he was cruising along and they just needed time to warm a dude up. So (laughs) either way, it worked. (laughs) So next up, we have uh, two very intriguing players in the Wills. Yeah, I I dug them up just looking at the overall stats from the week. A couple of really nice lines. I admittedly don't know much about these guys at all. Okay, so we'll start with Will Bartlett and... uh, Let's before we introduce anything else about him, let's uh, tell everybody how his numbers were for the week. He in five games went seven for 16 with a triple drew four walks. And that amounted to an overall line of 438, 571, 563. 
in single A. A very nice time at the plate. A little bit information about him. Uh, Bartlett was in our ninth round pick in 2019. And if you remember, we drafted a whole lot of high school position players in that draft, uh, in our first 10 rounds especially, like Christian Cairo, Yordas Valdez, Joe Naranjo. I was surprised that they did that because, you know, they've been going with so many uh, good college arms and you would think, you know, maybe get some college bats, but they, you know, they, they went real young that draft. And uh, if you remember, all of those guys did not play very well offensively in in their debut in the Arizona Rookie League. Like it was it was really bad, actually. Like none of them are currently on like any of our prospect rankings because of that, um, because they played really poorly. Then there was no minor league season. So there was just no reason for any of them to get any love or hype. But the one player that did hit well in that debut 2019 was Will Bartlett. In his stint in the Arizona Rookie League, he slashed uh, 286 uh, with a 386 on base percentage. Um, And that was over 44 games. So he was able to sustain it for a pretty long time. This guy can hit. And uh, he's still just uh, 20 years old. He was out of the, the IMG Academy in Florida. So that's kind of a a pretty famous uh, kind of baseball you know. factory. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a, a high school baseball player factory pretty much. Our next guy was Will Brennan, who in five games went five for 15, couple of doubles, six walks. Awesome. Uh, three thirty three, five twenty four, four sixty seven. Who cares about power? If you're getting on base that much, I don't. Now, Will Brennan is a little bit different. He was a college bet that we actually drafted in 2019. And he was drafted around earlier than Will Bartlett. Uh, he was our eighth round pick that year. Um, he is an outfielder. So he's a, he's a more advanced bat. He also hit pretty well, but I wasn't really counting him as, you know, one of our top hitting guys that year because I believe he started in the Arizona Rookie League, hit well, got promoted to Mahoning Valley, you know, RIP Mahoning Valley in the Cleveland Indian system. He showcased really good patience at the plate in that debut. Um, When he was in Arizona, his, he had 15 walks and only six strikeouts. And then he got promoted to Mahoning Valley, 10 walks, 11 strikeouts. So just about even. And uh, to start out this season, he is at six walks, seven strikeouts, and he is playing at high A. So pretty impressive. Now, he is a little bit older just because he is a college position player and they didn't have a 2020 season. He's off to a great start. He has definitely been one of the best hitters on that uh, Lake County team that is full of those young international prospects. It's been nice to have somebody like uh, Brennan in there just getting the job done, setting the table, getting on base consistently, and letting some of those young guys get opportunities to drive them in. The only other player I want to mention, <clears throat> and he's not technically a prospect, so he cannot be honored as such, but Ryan Lavernway's on a little bit of a tear in Columbus right now, and it's been fun to watch. He murdered a penguin with a go-ahead grand slam on Friday night. So and... I have no idea when when I saw that, I was like, did he really murder a penguin? Or was there somebody dressed in a penguin suit? What what happened with this? 
there's a bunch of penguins out in left field in no. Columbus's ballpark. They're no. like they're cardboard cutouts. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like, thought there were real life oh, no. penguins and he killed a penguin. <laughs> Could you imagine if there was a Columbus Zoo exhibit out there or something? <laughs> this poor little guy is coming out. Cuz you know the Rays used to have an actual stingray, remember? Yeah. So I was like <laughs> It's bark at the park night. A swing and a drone. No. Anyway, uh, he's been playing really well to the point where it just why not put Roberto Perez on the 60 day DL. LeVar and Way clearly looks capable of stepping back up to the majors if necessary. He, he has played on and off in the majors for about the past 10 years. What's funny, though, is I don't think he's ever hit more than two home runs in, the ma- in any season in the major leagues. And he's already got, like, leading the Indians minor league system to begin the season with, like, four or five of them. Perhaps he met with Diesel Donnie. Hmm. <laughs> and you know what? I'm going to give a mini shout out to our boy Bobby Bradley. Okay. You know, he started off terrible. And <laughs> he, he Jesus. was. He was. He, he had a really rough first week, high strikeout rate. Um, but in the past week, three home runs, slashing uh, 273, 346, 682. So ISO 409, 154 uh, WRC plus at AAA. So, you yeah, know, good for good for Bobby Bradley. I just like, I want to give a call out to my boy, Bobby Bradley. First of all, he sucks. But, sorry. No, I, no, know that, I know that's not he what you meant. Suck, but. He sucked past tense. <laughs> one, one bad week. It's just, it sounded very funny thinking of it that way. And I just, I wanted to bust your chops a little bit. That's all. fine. <laughs> now, we have some listener questions that we want to get to, but before we do that, there's a couple of items to address. The first of which is the Carnegie Cupboard. Brian, I got to lead off last week, so this week I think it's only fair to give you the opportunity to either uh, receive or defer to the second half. <laughs> I'll receive uh, because I'm looking like a genius. <laughs> I, okay. I'm just going to say it. You know, both of my guys were I've got the ball and I'm going to win. I yep. hear you. All right. They were great. They were great. Uh, Micah Priest continues to rake. He he honestly just missed um, making it again to uh, our top five performers. He went six for 16, slashed uh, 375, 412, 563, had three doubles, a walk, a run, a stolen base, an RBI, just doing all the little things. I, I know that he's a, a college bat at the, the look at the A level, but this is his pro debut and he's kicking butt and taking names. So great job, Mr. Priest. I have Ernie Clement as my hitter, of course. He had a triple and then he appears to have gotten hurt. That's it. Yeah. On the on the bright side, he did not as far as I know, go on the injured list. So hopefully it's a similar thing to Valera where next week's podcast, we'll be talking about how great he was this whole week. Hopefully, but we'll, we're still in wait and see mode as of recording. So maybe even by Friday, when you hear this, you'll laugh and laugh after his four home run game. Now uh, on the pitching side, I had Francisco Perez and he came out of the bullpen twice and was sensational in 
two appearances. He went five innings, allowed just one hit, walked four, no runs, struck out nine. He is actually leading all Indians minor league pitchers, I believe, that have had you know more than just a, a couple innings uh, in strikeout rate. Going back to his time at like the Mahoning Valley level or Lake County when he was you know dealing with a couple injuries, his strikeouts were not at this same level. So whatever he's doing, whether it's you know uh, a nasty breaking pitch, increasing tunneling, adding some ticks to his velocity, he's he's making it work and. It's looking good. Four walks can be a little concerning, mm-hmm. but at that strikeout rate, I don't care. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Easy enough. His whip, his whip is still one for the week. Now, uh, my pitcher is Eric Mock. He had four innings in one appearance, and they were four perfect innings. He had one strikeout, but okay. Yeah. Nope, I mean, nobody if got pitch, on if base. If he's pitching to contact and it's weak contact, then do your thing, Eric Mock. Good job. That is a known, if somewhat old, opening strategy, but it is a well-loved line. You know, honestly, you you kind of had a perfect week if you think about it. You know, well, batted a thousand, <laughs> and your pitcher had four perfect innings. Sure, but I, I would have liked to have have not had my guy get hurt. <laughs> I mean, come on, your your guy's uh, slugging percentage for the week was what three thousand? I'll take that. Yeah, <laughs> if you're willing to give that to me, then I will take it. Yeah, that might be a new record for the, the Carnegie Cupboard. So that does it for uh, this week's edition of the Carnegie Cupboard. We've got uh, a very small amount of transactions. As we mentioned before, um, Ernie Clement and George Valera did not make it onto the injured list. So I guess that's a good thing. Hopefully they're back soon. There was one player placed on the injured list, and that is catcher Brian Lavastida who is off to a pretty good start this year, but he was placed on the seven-day injured list with a left wrist strain. So hopefully it's nothing serious, and we can get him back in short order. Now, moving on, we've got questions from the listeners. So let's just take it from the top, I guess. Our first question comes from Izzo Nunzio, who asked, do we need to factor in Marcos Gonzalez as yet another middle infielder to consider as a viable prospect? Yes. Marcos Gonzalez, the year before that we had that insane class with Valera and Rocchio and Jose Tena and and uh, Bracco, and I think it also, no, no, Noel was the year after, but the year before that, was Marcos Gonzalez was actually our number one signed, like the one we paid for the most internationally. So, and he was doing pretty well advancing uh, through the system and he just started getting injured. Um, In 2019, he was starting that year in an infield with Jose Fermin and Tyler Freeman, and he was holding his own. Um, He was mainly playing third base with them so that Tyler could play a, short and Fermin was at second, but he got hurt like a a month or two into the season and then missed the rest of the year. And then 2020 happened, but it looks like he did something good during all that time off and impressed enough people that they started him this year, I believe at double a, and he's hitting well, he's got a, a few home runs already for Akron and Akron is off to a pretty strong start. So yeah, I think this guy is a, a, a good prospect and, uh, it's it's not that he was you know ever not good. It's just other people kind of passed him by because he was injured, and you know 
when other people are going out there and raking and making a name for themselves and you're, you know, sitting at home having to, to heal, they're, they're going to get the, the prospect love and, you know, the, the hype on all the, the rankings. But if he continues to do what he's doing in Akron, then absolutely he's somebody that we should be keeping an eye on. I feel like if not for the injuries, we would already consider him to be one. So our next question came up from mthinker88, who asked, are Kirk McCarty slash Shane McCarthy true prospects or more org filler? Question mark, question mark. Now, Kirk McCarty, I, after the 2018 season, I had him on my super sleeper list. Like, I thought he had the chance to be you know, a breakout player in 2019. I recall this. And because he finished 2018 as one of the best players in the system. It was him and Jean Carlos Mejia were just lights out together. Uh, Mejia ended up, you know, getting in top 10 in the prospect rankings. McCarty, McCarty got nothing. <laughs> he got no love whatsoever. Like people just ignored how good he was. I think it was because he was a college arm and not a young international prospect, but he was great that season. Then 2019, he just got injured a couple times and was inconsistent when he came back. He did get to pitch in the Arizona Fall League, but it just was not uh, a great year for him. And then with 2020 not, not getting to play, I was surprised, you know, a little excited that they um, allowed him to not just pitch in Columbus to start the year, but I think he was the opening uh, day starter for Columbus. He had very good strikeout rates at the lower levels of the minor leagues, but since the injuries, it looks like he's become more of a pitch-to-contact guy, and usually they're not considered, you know, true prospects. So uh, he has put up okay numbers so far in Columbus to start the year, but the strikeout rates are not where they need to be if you're expecting to get, you know, guys out at the major league level, so... Now, uh, Shane McCarthy, he was an 18th round draft pick in 2018 out of Seton Hall. So he's 24 years old, pitching at double A. So, you know, it's not like he's exactly young for his level. But to start the year off in two games started, he has uh, pitched seven and two thirds innings, allowed just one run and struck out 10. And in his uh, last start in particular, um, he went four and two thirds innings and struck out eight and allowed just one hit. So, yeah, that's pretty freaking legit. If he can keep that up, then yeah, maybe uh, he does get a little bit of prospect hype. But uh, right now he's kind of on that fringe level because, you know, 24 years old at AA, you're not exactly uh, a spring chicken. So next up from at Edible14, he says, currently they only have a handful of unassigned players, most of which are firmly ticketed for the AZL, like Milan Tolentino, Junior San Quentin, um, Tucker, Petey Halpin. Does that mean promotions will generally be more rare throughout the year this year and maybe going forward? I think that promotions will be more rare, but I'm not certain... <laughs> It's just because the system is crowded overall, right? Like they're yeah, they're they're going to have to release quite a few players um, at some point. Like they've already released several uh, in this off season, but there are still basically there are enough players at the Arizona level right now that they could play an entirely different team each game for 
back-to-back games. So an entirely new bullpen, an entirely new roster. And they're only allowed to have one team, I think, as well, which is super dumb. It's so. interesting that someone mentioned org guys and like organizational filler because mm-hmm. like we, we kind of don't have much. It we, doesn't. We seem. do. They just you know you don't know, hear about them a lot because they're not really list known as big, great prospects. Like when with Valera down and then like at the Lynchburg level, Escobedo is down and somebody else is down in terms of the outfield. I don't think they're on the injured list as far as I know, but they're not playing. They called up, you know, Cody Farhat, and he's playing in the outfield for them right now. And he was a, a college guy that hasn't really done a lot uh, in the Indian system. I don't really consider him a prospect, but he's an org filler. Like he is a guy you call his name. He can play defense. He's not going to like lose the game for you. And he can fill a spot when needed. And like he could do that at double A if they needed. But sure. right now. I think he's at Lynchburg helping them out because they're having an issue with, uh, you know, health in the outfield. So we do have org fillers. We have plenty of them. So I think we will have players get promoted throughout the season. You're just not going to see players get promoted and then get that filled, that spot at the bottom filled by somebody like Tolentino or Halpin. That's that's very unlikely. Like those guys are going to probably start the year at Arizona. And if they start off red hot, you got to remember that's a much bigger promotion this time around because before they could always move them up to Mahoning Valley, which is kind of an in-between. And now they would have to promote them straight to, to, to Lynchburg. And I think that is a much more dramatic jump. So it's less likely that that happens, but it still could happen. I mean, depending on how good these guys are, um, if they feel that they're ready, they it could happen, but it's unlikely. So that just just letting you know, we're gonna see promotions, but I think most of the promotions this year are gonna be between the full season levels and Columbus to Cleveland, obviously. But we're not gonna see a ton, I don't think, of Arizona to Lynchburg promotions. We 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 definitely could see some uh, DSL to Arizona promotions. Because I think we will have two full DSL teams. So just something to, to keep an eye out for. And we definitely will. Uh, this brings us to our final question from Morris Pinlack one Is Nolan Jones a bust? Because I can only see him like a Jake Bowers type of player, period. My answer is no. No. What is, is your answer? Absolutely not a bust. This guy works too hard to to flame out at AAA. Um He's had 41 at-bats this year. Give the kid a break. Um, in 2019, his on-base percentage, and this was spread across double-A and high-A, was over 400. Like, the dude gets on base. He's impressive. Well, I, I end our Nolan Jones discussion with this, which is I was sitting behind the, in, the, I was sitting behind the Clippers dugout for the game, and I accidentally made eye contact with Nolan Jones at one point. Just he was Did trying you give to give him a thumbs up. Well, he was trying to get someone's attention back in the seats. Mm-hmm. And like, you know how you look around someone or attempt to and whatever. And he looked past me after that. But like, these are real people. Like, mm-hmm. They're just kids who are excited that their friends are, can see them play baseball again. He just got to Columbus. What do you mean? Is he a bust? Calm down. <laughs> exactly. Good Lord. 
he's he's still young. I mean, 23. I mean, we were just talking about how, uh, you know, a guy at 24 is a fringe prospect at double A, but Nolan Jones is a young 23 at, uh, like he just turned 23, by the way, as well, like this month, like a week ago. So he was 22 when he started the year at triple A. So extremely young for the level. And I think he's going to be just fine. Just give him a little time to settle in. I mean, some guys, it takes some time. Um, you know, he's not raking immediately. That doesn't mean he's not going to. That brings us to the end of this week's edition of Around the Corner. Brian, if you don't have anything else, uh, I-, I have an E.E. E. Gaming selection prepared. <clears throat> Xander Bogarts would be sentenced to nine innings in sequestration for trashing that capitalization <laughs>